0: hi we're amy and amy (laughs) from secular soup podcast and we we took took a left left of the valley valley. see that see how great that was that was beautiful
1: (laughs) Beautiful. yeah fantastic
0: harmony hashtag nailed it i don't think we could have done it better
2: i know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists you know we don't have non-astrologers and all that but with the religious people taking over the world, I mean we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. atheist.
1: Coming at you from Sweltering BC. this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I am flying solo tonight. And there's a reason for that. I gave the day off for the rest of the girls. You know what? They deserve it. So, guys, today we're going to do something different. A couple of weeks ago, you might recall, we did a show with Christina Brentley called Homeschooling Blues with Brentley. Brentley, our friend from Unapologetics. Well, we decided, you know, that was a very interesting show. So we said, yeah, let's do it again. But let's bring Matthew Hussinger, Dr. Matthew Hussinger, psychologist extraordinaire, to sort of tap in the raw play y mind of our friend Brent. So, without further ado, this is the interview I just did with Matthew and Brent, and we kind of psychoanalyze, you know, his childhood and how he was affected by being raised in a fundamental Christian family and homeschool, and how it affected him as a child, how it affected him... In- him as an adult. Anyway, uh, there's some pretty valuable lessons to learn in there, so I certainly hope you enjoy that. So, let's play, let's get to it all right gentlemen thank you so much for both of you guys joining us and uh you know i'm going to try to be as much as i can a fly on the wall and try to facilitate the conversation as much as possible brent maybe you've been on the show before but you know for some of our listeners that might not have heard you please give us a, a brief intro and then we'll do, go to dr matthew Hussner as well
0: okay we will do um i am uh brent lee i do a podcast um on uh unapologetics on, on uh uh, all the podcasts, and um, I'm a homeschool. I was a homeschooled. Uh, I- I'm a fundamentalist, uh, evangelical apostate. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was heavily indoctrinated, uh, and it was kind of kept in a bubble as a child, and not really allowed to see or talk to anybody that didn't think exactly like the mindset that is fundamentalist evangelical so that's me
1: actually a little known fact the bubble boy episode from seinfeld was actually based on Brent.
0: (laughs) that it was yeah it was totally was no no just true (laughs) facts
1: and then of course we have the amazing dr matthew has doctor welcome back oh thank you it's good to be back would you be so kind to give us a brief introduction as well
3: Sure. So, yeah, my name is Matthew Hunter. I'm an associate professor at a university in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon. Um, And my training, I have a master's degree in cognitive science and a Ph.D. in experimental social psychology. So I do research, my own research. I help students out with their research. I teach. I serve on university committees um, and do other other
1: fun stuff. He's got a he's got a list of qualifications, which is longer than my <laughs> And uh, the man is absolutely brilliant. I highly, highly recommend him. And I'm going to put Brent and his broken character into the hands, a capable <laughs> hand of Matthew. Now, this the genesis of this show is about three weeks ago, we did this show with Brent and Christina. Now, both of them were homeschooled, and Christina was supposed to be here tonight, but unfortunately she was pulled away in a cow farm, and that's actually literal oh. truth, because yeah, she works as a dairy farmer.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, she does. How, <laughs> how do I not know? I've been listening to your show for, and I don't know that. She, oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, she, she does. <laughs> and, and you know
1: what? She actually makes good money at it, too. Believe it or not, yeah. she makes like, uh, like uh, I think it's like uh, between 20 and $30 an hour just doing that, milking cows. Who would have known? Awesome. Anyway, so, right? long story short, uh, it was it was an interesting episode. But we all, uh, Christina, the way she is, you know, she kind of monopolizes the conversation a bit, and I kind of felt that Brendan quite get a fair <laughs> shake at the tree, right? <laughs> you know, she, she kind of yaks a whole lot, and that's why we love her. Uh, and uh, and I thought, you know, let's let's bring them both back, but bring somebody much more competent than I. And we thought like, well, let's think of a psychologist that can handle these two. And of course, Matthew Husney was the first one that came to mind, obviously. So. So, oh. <laughs> I'm <flattered. laughs> So, I, I, I kind of wanted a, a, a more professional opinion, and Brent was kind enough to uh, to accept uh, exposing himself, revealing himself, and uh, so so, so that, that's great. And I really admire the courage that the, the man has. So, so Brent, you know, uh, tell me, tell us maybe to start with, uh, maybe. Yeah, go into the past there and say you know, give us the the, the setting of the family, how you were raised and which what uh, how you came out of. Well, maybe not yet, but how how you were raised as a Christian evangelical there.
0: Okay, so I um yeah, so I was uh, raised in uh, a family of let's see, I was, uh, I have three siblings, uh, and I you know and uh, I was homeschooled and my older sister was homeschooled. And uh, then we had some uh, big financial change and my my two younger brothers went to uh, actual school. But I uh, I stay I remained staying homeschooled and everything throughout the entire time. So I was homeschooled from beginning to end. I did try a couple schools uh, in middle school, uh, but I only stayed for a week and I did not know anything. I was <laughs> I, I try, you know, I tried to to kind of be they just expected you to be right where they thought you would be as a middle school kid and i was not where they thought i would be as far as uh um uh, you know the the knowledge that i had up until that point was not aligned with uh the school that i was in so it was really you know it was and it was terrifying that was like one of the most terrifying things that i've ever had because i just I didn't know how to to function so like. You know, would cry. You know, I cried a bunch, and was like, "I got, I can't do this. I don't know how to. I, you know, I can't do this." <laughs> you know, but um, so they, they took me out of that, put me back in homeschooling, and I stayed homeschooled throughout my entire uh, high school uh, time. And I got a teacher, uh, it was like a tutor, and she came and like uh, homes. She would, I would go to her house, and uh, there was like me and two other people, and she homeschooled us. And she was very much the. Uh, she looked like Anna Green Gables like she just wore the <laughs> the getup and you know and it was just very much like super strict, super fundamentalist most of the science was teaching us about how evolution is not true and uh, you know things like that all the writing was writing Bible verses all the it was super heavily uh you know um, uh, you know, just a lot of religion involved
1: <laughs> No, right, right, right off the bat Right off the bat, sorry for interrupting you there Brent sure. You said right off the bat, you're, you're the eldest of your brothers, right? I'm the
0: oldest brother My sister is older than me
1: Okay, but you, so, so. Was, was she homeschooled as well? She was, yes So so <laughs> is, it, is it is it is it fair to say That, because you said your two siblings After that, your two younger brothers Were essentially put into the public system So is it fair to say that you and your sister were essentially The guinea pigs to see if they could actually homeschool you guys?
0: Hell yeah, yeah! Uh, and my dad made that pretty clear. Actually, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not going to mess up with the next two. Okay. okay.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, Doctor Hussinger, is this uh, in your experience is this something that's fairly common with new parents that they think they can actually outdo the public system?
3: Well, you know, I actually I'm not familiar with the research on how many parents choose to homeschool versus public school. I mean, the thing is I live in an area of the country that's very liberal, progressive, and there is that group of parents that Mm -hmm. homeschool their kids because they don't, uh, I guess for the same reason, maybe as your parents did, Brent, that they don't, they didn't feel like the public school system was adequate, but for very different reasons, not because it wasn't Christian enough, but because, um, people I know maybe would say that the, the public school system is too regimented and too focused on standardized testing and Mm -hmm. doesn't allow children to, you know, kind of learn and explore the way they ideally maybe want to. And so you have, you know, you have these offshoots of public schools that exist like the ward off school and, uh, um, and self-directed learning and stuff like that. So, but I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know what the stats are. I would uh, imagine a good, the majority of parents in, uh, Greater, greater society in the United States I would imagine would mm-hmm. probably send kids to public ed but that's a good question, I don't know.
1: Hmm. It, it, because I think it's fair to point out, because we have a tendency as atheists to think that um, homeschool equals religious indoctrination. And, and that's that's true for a lot of things, but they're not the only ones to homeschool their kids. You'll also have right. parents that are liberal and left-leaning they'll homeschool their kids for different reasons. Often they'll feel like maybe they're anti-vaxxers, or maybe uh, they feel that they know more than the school system, or the school system is not, or, or too slow. Or like you said, not, like, not expressive enough, not artistic enough so that's not clearly just a right-wing phenomenon right i think we can agree with that okay well okay brian continue yeah
0: Yeah, and um yeah and it it was and you know uh it's it was mostly uh the the, like you said the religion was the main thing because they didn't want and i remember my parents kind of like you know how you're a kid you you kind of hear your parents talking and stuff and my dad, I think, was more on the on board with wanting me to go into other schools, but my mom was very much like, "I don't want him exposed to that stuff, you know. Uh, I don't want him to be around other people. People might be gay out there, right? <laughs> you know. In the world. They might." Uh, and and I remember her getting so upset when I would hang out with a friend or something and they were allowed to see this movie and I wasn't allowed to see that movie, and you know, it was like really it's things like that, you know. Where it was, she was like, "No, you can't do the same things that the other kids can do." Uh, you know, you can't, I don't want you exposed to that. Things like Roger, or, you know, Roger Rabbit was, or, was oh, yeah. offensive. Yeah, definitely <laughs> offensive. <laughs> wow. doctor want H- me to lust after Jessica Rabbit. Oh, you know?
1: hey, yeah, hey, hey, Jessica
0: Rabbit, <laughs> yeah, of course,
1: right? Do, Dr. Huston here, is it, is it, do you know uh, in the, psych, the psychology circles if they talk about, um, why is it, uh, and this is just my opinion, why is it that it seems that women, are, are almost bigger proponents of a system which essentially is has been against them since the dawn of time. It seems that some of the biggest guardians of religion and tradition are women. It's almost like society has given them uh, the role, subconsciously given them the role of guardians of tradition, and they'll often raise kids to go to and, and, and be raised in the faith, even though that very same faith is very negative and very misogynistic. Is there anything in psychology that you're aware of that actually has studied that?
3: Well, not not maybe directly, but I, I, guess a few thoughts are coming to mind. I mean, so one thought I'm having is this is more maybe less psychological and more sociological. Um, that you know, because historically, men have had been in a higher status, higher status, higher power position.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It might have been that women um, historically have taken on that role of making those kind of decisions, kind of those those kind of domestic decisions, because that's where they could. Exercise power. That's mm. where they could have some amount of power, status, and and be in that you know being a being a decision making role. So there's there's that, and the other thing that comes to mind for me is that um, we know that when a group, whether they're a minority or the majority, right? Because women are are not the minority, um, but they're a marginalized group historically. And so when a group is marginalized that they sometimes, the individuals in that group sometimes internalize that oppression.
4: Mm.
3: And they might become just as much, um, they might enact that oppression just as much as the people who are, who are the oppressors. Um, so for example, and, and that's one thing I thought of when I was you know, with your question because, for example, you'll hear women talking about each other as, as sluts, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm. and I mean, they'll shame each other for being sexual beings it's like, where does that come from? Well, I think most likely it comes from a society that penalizes them for being sexual beings, for expressing their sexuality. And so it's not just men who are um, regulating their sexual expression, but they'll do it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine most when women are saying those kind of things. They're not necessarily consciously thinking about that. or or thinking about the historical implications of what, you know, what they're saying or the the historical context. But, you know, I would imagine um, when you take that and you combine it with a conservative mindset, which um, I think, I think we actually talked about this a little bit when I was on the podcast before, we were talking about conspiratorial thinking, because we Mm -hmm. talked about how there's that link between conservative thought and people being more prevention focused in terms of, they're focused on Basically, not doing bad stuff, and so they're they're more likely to focus on people acting in ways that they consider to be appropriate, not sinful. And so, um, you know, you combine that mindset, that prevention focus, with maybe you know um, the women feeling like they have the role of kind of keeping certain things. Um, in order domestically, does that? Uh, I don't know if that makes does, sense, or is that oh, a question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do, do you think it actually? It, it's also um,
0: the too that it gives them sort of a form of status in their mind. Like, I, you know, I'm better than them. For, or they feel like they are better because they follow the rules better, or something. Like, do you think it's like?
3: Yeah, you mean people like outside of the religion.
0: No, no. I mean, like people within the religion, and they get to judge each other. Oh. You know, based on, and they're like, I do it better, and so I, when I point out that somebody else isn't doing it as good, it makes it.
3: it kind of lifts
0: me up. judging yeah. the food, yeah. Later, essentially.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's there's this, in social sort of psychology, there's some um, there's this people psychologists like, like talk about upward and downward social comparison where. <laughs> people will sometimes gauge in downward social comparison where we will compare ourselves to others that we think have less of something than we do and it can be a material resource or it can be a psychological resource. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we can, even though we're not changing our status, like we're, we're, by comparing ourselves to someone who we think is inferior to us in some way in terms of, you know, their morality or their ability to regulate their own behavior, right? if we compare ourselves to someone who we think of as lower than us, we're not changing in terms of how well we do that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But what we are doing, like you said, is giving ourselves like, a self-esteem boost. Um, being like, oh, I'm so good at this. <laughs> You know, and I can compare myself to this person who, I'm a much better, I'm much better, I'm much more moral than this other Christian. Yeah. You know, I'm much better regulating my behavior than this. This person, other person is much more sinful than I am. Oh. So that kind, is that what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounds exactly. so much yeah. like Donald Trump, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, whew, yeah, he, he does that to the extreme.
1: Yeah, let's not go into that can of worms right now. We can spend <laughs> an entire other show on that. But I, I do want to go back to, because right now we're in the infancy of bread. And, and Brent, I, 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 a quick question for you, and I want a doctor to chime in on this. Uh, when did you consciously notice that you were being homeschooled and your younger brothers weren't? So, how did, how did you feel towards that? And the doctor, how, how does that affect you know Brent, who's the eldest brother? But he, you know, is he capable of relating properly to his other siblings when they're in these different educational systems?
3: Well, how, so, Brad, how old were you when you were being homeschooled and they were in public ed? So we were like six years apart. So it was like I was pretty much
0: just out of high school and they were just going into uh, school. So it was like, you know, when I was getting out, they were just starting, you know. Okay. so Okay.
3: So what was – I guess uh, – where were you in your life um, when that happened? Like, were you leaving the house and kind of going off on your own or were your parents still wanting you to kind of stay in the town or in your in their home? No, I, or, see, I, I lived at home until I was 28. Okay. okay, so you were still very much in the grips of of their, of, of that environment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, in for mentality. sure. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I would imagine at a, I mean, I'd be curious to hear what you remember feeling, but I would have, I mean, if I were in your shoes, I would have felt, um, I would have felt, maybe I would have felt frustrated or angry with my parents, because I'd be like, wait a second, like, do they get, my brothers get to have this mm-hmm. experience that I didn't get to have, like, they get to hang out with their peers and do, maybe they can't go out after school and do fun stuff, but they can at least do fun stuff at school with their peers, and they get to have all these experiences that, that I don't get to have. And I'd probably feel like robbed of having like a normal kind of what children typically normal as in like typical, um, kind of the typical childhood experience. So I, but what did you experience? What did you, what do you remember feeling? It was,
0: it was very similar to that because, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's good, And it's something that I didn't, I guess, realize right away. Cause I was just so happy to be out of school, to be done with that part mm-hmm. of my life. And I, I kind of, you know, because I just, I didn't feel confident in myself uh, as far as my intelligence goes, so I was constantly just telling myself, I just can't do this stuff, I just can't, uh, I, I just can't do math, like, I just can't do, I can't remember things, I I can't, I just can't, 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 you know, and um, and I did feel kind of robbed, too, because once I, you know, when they finally did graduate, I realized they were actually able to go get an AS degree while they were in high school, uh, and right, you know, right.
1: so that will, for right. a second, but can you, can you explain for maybe some of our Canadian audience what does AS degree mean?
0: Uh, Associate of Science, okay, thank you. <laughs>
1: we don't yeah. have the same school system, right? So, AS didn't mean anything to me. Exactly. Oh,
0: okay, that, see, and that's something I probably wouldn't know if I wasn't in school. Mm.
4: so no, I'm just
0: <laughs> 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 no, but uh, yeah, no, so I, I remember feeling like, wow, okay, well. I wish I could have, you know, of course, you know, you grow up and you realize, hey, school is actually kind of important, you know, and because uh, I, I just they didn't they never propped it up as to being something that you really needed for the rest of your life as far as uh you know you you know building just exercising your mind so that it can be used (laughs) in life later you know it wasn't really it was like half the stuff doesn't matter you know who's ever going to use geometry anyway and you know what i mean and stuff like that and i kind of like you know caught on to that was just like yeah yeah what am i ever going to use this stuff this is you know and uh so yeah I was a little bit irritated when you know they I looked back and they were getting they both graduated with uh, degrees and I'm just like oh man I didn't even get a, a high school diploma like I had to go get a GED uh-huh. you know because I was
3: homeschooled <laughs> right. and I had also something else I'm hearing like in terms of what you said is that not only were you kind of robbed of having those, those experiences those, those socialization experiences but um, you're also, didn't didn't sound like your parents homeschooled you in a way that allowed you to have a really strong sense of what, what, what in psychology we call self, uh, self-efficacy, like the sense of like right. competence, like right. confidence in your ability to go out into the world mm. and and basically, you know, be exposed to information and synthesize it and deal with it and figure stuff out. And I mean, as uh, you know, yeah. There are plenty of ways that our public school system can be improved in the, in the U.S. and I'm sure in other countries as well. But, you know, I do think one thing that's really important to help children and teenagers cultivate is critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And you can't do that when you're telling your child, like, all this stuff is wrong. This is all, like, brainwashing and propaganda. And this is the truth. And this is the only truth. And you shouldn't – and I'm assuming – uh, you know since your parents were evangel- evangelical christians that they were also saying well you can't doubt this because this is this is like what god created or this is what god says is true and you can't doubt it because if you doubt it that's sinful and mm-hmm. you'll, you'll go to right. hell so it just sets someone up to not explore and be curious and like hang out in ambiguity and, and just the messiness
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> right of, and know,
3: reality was- <laughs> And I was very curious,
0: but it was like, and you're absolutely right. Like I, I was very curious, but when I started to to doubt things because of my curiosity, right, right then when that when that thought popped in my head, it was like, oh no, I'm doing something I'm not supposed right. to do. God can see. Washed it, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, exactly. And it's like it just, uh-huh. it, and so I was constantly trying to not be curious about things, trying to not ask
3: ask questions. Wow, you know, yeah, it, you trained yourself to not be curious to not engage in critical thinking right and it was so difficult because I
0: was I was curious and so you know (laughs) it made it so hard because I kept on I was just like nope bash it down bash it down smash it down don't don't think about it don't think about it You know,
1: um, I think it's, it even, see, it's even worse because at some point when you're homeschool as well, you're essentially isolated. There is a way of learning that even if you don't understand the material, you kind of learn through osmosis. You see what the other kids are doing and they're successful at it and you start mimicking it and then you understand. But Brent wasn't afforded right. that because you're homeschooled <clears throat> essentially by yourself. You can't really right. mimic somebody that is not doing it. all right?
0: Oh yeah, that that's a yeah that was yeah that was that's that's a great uh, evaluation of that yeah exactly because I mean that's uh, how it was a lot of times, and that's how I learn well I think is better just through talking to other people, mm-hmm. you know I I I can go look up for instance like we do the show and uh, part of the main part of the show is that Nikki like tells me about politics because I know nothing about politics, and so she's kind of teaching me about it and I could go look that stuff up. You know what I mean? I could go look it up. I could find out how many senators are in each state and things like that. But hearing it from her as as, as a person that's just like explaining, I can ask questions and you know I can be involved. Kind of, it, it it made the learning process. It makes the learning process so much easier for me. Like I, I just, it, I don't learn as well from trying to look things up and stuff because I never have looked anything up. Like I never, you know what I mean? I don't. I never even used the the back of the book to like have to look stuff up you know what i mean like other kids do in high school and everything like i never had to do any of that you know i I just was it was just all memorizing stuff mostly you know
1: and the answer was always the same thing was god anyway right that was pretty much (laughs) jesus
3: yeah Yeah, right and and what's uh, what can be particularly insidious about um i think religion is that um, your parents didn't even didn't even have to be there to observe you doubting something because, like you said, God was always watching. So no right. matter where you went, or whether you're just hanging out with your private thoughts, even if your parents weren't seeing that, God was. So you could never, you're never safe yeah. to be curious or to doubt. Right, and I always, always someone watching.
0: Right, and right. I always feared that God would tell my parents. That was like <laughs> the biggest fear.
3: <laughs> Jesus is a total
1: snitch.
0: He is now. That's what I think I was like, my mom's knowing I'm watching this. I know it. I know she can see that I'm right. watching this movie. I'm not supposed to, because God's going to tell
3: her. Snitches, because it's Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, it I know t- also, your mom. All of a sudden, your mom's your mom's making toast in
1: the morning, and all of a sudden, the toast that appears that says Brent is masturbating. And there you go. he's just snitch on Brent. Unless she just calls you out, that's it. That's done.
0: That one, I, it actually helped with that one because I didn't know what I was doing. So
4: <laughs> no
0: concept of masturbation when it was happening. It's like I don't know. That feels good when I rub my. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs>
1: so I guess I guess another thing we need to explore about um, Brent's journey is also the fact that because there was a, a lack of interaction with his social peers, uh, you mentioned a bit earlier, you were absolutely terrified. And uh, can you can you explain that fear a bit deeper? And I'm sure that the good doctor will be absolutely fascinated by that.
0: Yeah, it was this. It was like a fear of embarrassment kind of thing. And, and I know that a lot of teachers play on that to kind of motivate people. It seems, uh, but to a kid that's never even been in a room full of kids, you know, to be called out as you know a. Uh, uh, being the one that doesn't understand or didn't do the, the project and they they basically the teacher says that in front of everybody that was almost one of the things when i tried to go into that middle school that i was just like i can't handle that you know <laughs> i can't handle being like humiliated in front of a class because i didn't do the project that i didn't know i was supposed to do or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know that was just such a uh, that was terrifying i couldn't believe it like i was just i couldn't i don't know
1: <laughs> do you do you think yeah you know Sorry, There's doctor. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but I was about to yeah. ask you, you, doctor. Do you think some of these fears? I mean, this this is a pretty traumatizing thing. It's not something you get rid of, or I'll grow on a whim. I mean, how how is that possible that he could have carried some of that in, into his adult life as well? And maybe for Brent sure. can answer that question too.
3: For I, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's um, you know, if, if you know if you're spending up until middle school being homeschooled by your parents and. Not having the chance to really, to really uh, foster and deepen that curiosity and explore that, and, and build your critical thinking skills, and and learn how to interact with your peers, and um, you know learn how to work in, in groups, and all the kind of stuff that we just kind of naturally are exposed to, being in a, a school system, whether it's public or, or private, um, and then you step into public ed, and it sounds like. At least that one teacher was not at all supportive. Um, You know, and almost like your situation when you stepped into that middle school, I feel, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between that and a a student who's a first generation college student who steps Hmm. into college and you know doesn't have like it doesn't have the model that helps guide them to know how do I do this, (laughs) how do I do this thing called school public school or how do i do this thing called college because i can't you know the first generation college student can't look to his her his or her their you know parents uh to get guidance and say hey this is something that's happening that's challenging what did you do um not that the parents can't help them and get their child support but you know to sort of step into that environment and have a middle school teacher respond in that way it just strikes me as just really unsupportive and not yeah. being very understanding of what you are coming out of. And I, you know, I don't know it was, if that person, it was, I don't know. If, go ahead. It was especially fucked
0: too, because I, uh the way the school worked it was a fundamentalist school uh yeah a fundamental school, yeah. and they had a waiting list right and so when somebody dropped out of the school, then you get put in right and it doesn't matter so and, and this is I think what maybe was the reason for that but it, it was at the very end of the year it was like the last couple. I think it was last month of the school year and I was just dropped into this and every all the other kids already knew what they were supposed to do and everything and I was brand new and had no clue. You know, it was just, it was, that was, that's one that... And when that When I got in, at first, I was just like, go with the flow. You got this. And then when I finally got in there, it was just like, oh, shit, you don't got this. This is terrifying, you know. It's like this realization that I have no idea what I – I couldn't even lock my locker. Like the locker was like one of my biggest problems because I'd be sitting out there for like two hours trying to figure out how to do the lock. (laughs) Sure. It's
3: a stupid problem to have. Right. I mean it's – like why you know how could anyone expect you to know how to use a locker if you've like never used a locker before <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah,
1: and, and, and i could just imagine the, the cruelty of the other kids because they've been doing this for for like months now and they've all known each other and they've all been living in some kind of community and here comes Brent and this yeah. guy freaking can't even use a locker it must have been absolutely horrible for you
0: Uh, Yeah, they would hide all my stuff because I would just take the lock off and throw it in the locker, and they would take all my stuff out and hide it in different places. Oh, man. (laughs) Kids could be so mean to each other. That's pretty funny, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. Yes, kids could be mean. No looking back it's pretty funny <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time it no, wasn't right <laughs>
4: it's
1: okay the kids at my school were pretty mean we actually we actually took our math teacher poor Mr. Pimentel I remember his name and he was a short fella and they locked him up in a locker <laughs> oh really a teacher a teacher they locked up the teacher that is gutsy oh yeah of course he after that he transferred to another school you know i can imagine it's like oh god well you know it was a rough school i guess
3: and i mean brett do you think that you that you um are feeling the effects of any of that um now in, in adulthood Oh yeah,
0: definitely. I still don't drive. I, I still don't like to drive, right. I, you know, cause, uh, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've afraid, you know, I was afraid of a lot of things. I think that's, um, you know, why I would, uh, you know, drink a lot and stuff like that, you know, and just to try to, to temper some of the anxiety, you know, sure. of just, being in, just, you know, being in, in crowded places, crowded places bother me. um, I was fine being on stage because I actually did do a lot of church stuff, uh, which is weird that I'm okay with being on stage. (laughs) It's raining. Yeah, what was that? What was that noise? I'm sorry.
3: That was me. I Had to wash my wash something off my hands. <laughs> wow! I mean, I stepped outside in the pouring rain because I I needed to just get refreshed for a second. He's <laughs> so back.
1: He's recreating the pilot moment. I'm washing my hands off this, Brent.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how loud sometimes things no, are. That's okay. No Background noises.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. so so, Brent, what is it about driving cars that actually to this day you don't like about me? And it can maybe we can link that well, back to your experiences as a time
0: I think it was the fact too that I had to learn uh, all this stuff you know like learn these these new things and again I was just sort of in the mindset of I can't do this yeah. this is something I just can't do um, you know, and, and I don't know. I guess it was, I would have nightmares of like being in a car and be bumping into all the other cars and like having to pull over and then like you know exchange information or whatever, and, and just things like that. Just it's stupid. Like it just seems like stupid little things, but it would just they weighed on me, and I didn't want the the responsibility of being self, like you of self efficient. Like you're just like confident in yourself uh, was too much for me. I just couldn't handle that. <laughs> I just I didn't feel like I was uh, confident in anything that I like could learn to do. If that makes right.
3: sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, there's this. I mean, when we encounter a challenge or a task, right, I mean it 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 really matters whether we feel like we have the resources. So, right. is it a challenge or is it a threat? You know, mm-hmm. it, mm. if we have the resources, it's a challenge, but we can do it. If it, if we don't have the resources, it becomes a threat. So, something right. as you know. Um, What most people experience is mundane is driving a car. Um, If we feel like we have the resources, oh, no problem. You know? uh, But if we feel like we don't have the ability or the resources, then it becomes a threat. And, and, you know, so it makes sense that, that, uh, you know, uh, that you would avoid it because, well, that's one easy way to deal with that threat. is just, well, I don't have to drive, so I just won't. Um, Right.
1: The, the yeah, doctor makes a, makes a the doctor makes a fantastic point here about you know uh, uh, assets and threats because of, even our, in our podcast, our own Nancy here, who, she's a senior citizen and she she still drives and she's got no problem <laughs> until it's nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> then her vision, I guess, is not as good. So at that point, it becomes a threat, and she won't drive at nighttime. Then I have to pick her up if it was something like like this, right? So it, right there, right. It's, it's a very good demonstration of you know the differences. She's confident mm-hmm. during the day; she's not so confident at night, which is a perfect example.
3: Huh. Right, and I you know I just want to um, you know say to you, friends, that like that they may feel like small things that other people would experience as small things, but I just think it's important. You know, to your credit, Mm -hmm. kind of to realize like what you went through and and how uh, that when you see people doing things around you that are that are really hard for you to do, that they most likely grew up either grew up in an environment where they were given the resource, like they were they were given an environment that allowed them a space to cultivate that sense of self-efficacy and build those skills, so that it it's either Easy, or it's you know a little challenging, or it's a big challenge, but it doesn't you know they don't experience as a as a threat, you know. Whereas right. there's so many things that could be experienced as a threat if if you're coming into your adult life, <laughs> not being given that chance to really have uh, confidence in your in your own abilities.
0: Right, and it and it's so weird. It, it, it's it's really odd to me that when I became uh, an atheist and I was actually <clears throat> unsure about you know how we got here or an unsure and, uh, and okay with saying I don't know mm. you know about you know these big questions and stuff like that. then my confidence actually went up. Which is so weird. And I've actually been just uh, like a vacuum ever since, you know, just sucking in all the information I can get. Right. Which, uh, yeah, it's been very, (laughs) very helpful to me. That's one reason why I do the show, because I want to, you know, I want to spread the gospel, you know. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, yeah, that, that just, um, I think that comes a lot from the just learning critical thinking and stuff like that, you know, that you don't have to be it's not like you know everybody knows a bunch of information already and everything it's just there there it's the, they have a capability of figuring things out mm. you know and i felt like that for a long time was just something that i didn't have you know i could just i could remember things like if i had if you asked me like a fact that i had memorized but that was it that was like the main thing that i got out of schooling was just remember this and then when they ask you just say it you know mm-hmm. was, matthew <laughs> uh, the the
1: idea that brent was saying that you know he was having a difficulties uh, because he was saying I, I can't handle this i can't handle this I, I can't do this do you think that was maybe a direct correlation with the idea that the religious indoctrination basically told him that he was unworthy to begin with at everything or was it more something that was more uh, the lack of social interaction That made him feel that way.
3: I I suspect it was both, and Mm -hmm. and maybe even additional factors. I mean, I I think that, because I do think that, um, I mean, I I never, I I didn't grow up in an evangelical or fundamentalist Christian household. And, but the the people I um, am close enough to that they'd be willing to, you know, share their more intimate thoughts and feelings, Mm -hmm. Um, I do get the feeling that. With a good number of people who are fundamentalist Christian, evangelical Christian, that there is a sense of um, I am nothing without God. Like I am this yeah. sinful, horrible creature, and the only the only good that I do is is really um, me acting out God's will and being a vehicle for God's love and you know and and wisdom and so. Who wouldn't be left, you know with, with that worldview, that paradigm, who wouldn't be left with a sense of um, ineffectiveness, mm-hmm. like with a sense of like, well, I can't really do anything on my own because it's all God. And anything I do that's good or worthwhile is really God doing it through me. And it's not me doing it myself or really me having the ability to, to do that. So I think there's that, yeah, I think not interacting with peers. I mean, there's a, there's so much that we learn through interactions with peers um more than than we probably realize we learned um, right I mean, and it's i did, something that most of us do right
0: and i did actually get, i did get a lot of social contact from church cuz i was at mm-hmm. church almost like pretty much every
3: day okay So
0: I did get that, but they all had the same mindset, and they were all thinking exactly what you just uh, said—that we are broken, um, Mm -hmm. we can't do anything without Christ. I mean, when I was in a—and they still play the song at the church that I was at. It's a song I wrote called "You Are My Pride." We have no pride without you, kind of thing, you know so yeah. yeah and it was like you're not allowed you're not allowed to be proud of anything even though you know even if you do something really cool or you make a cool song it's, or whatever you know and have a cool band you're still when you are you know uh, in front of people or even inside your own head you're not proud of it you're just you're just doing what you're supposed to do and that's it
4: yeah
1: it, yeah it, it explains and, also so and, much why as soon as you got out of your apostasy and you were allowed to say to say to yourself, "I don't know this is why it was such a relief probably to you because all of a sudden you know you were it was all right for you to try and fail. you were actually giving yourself right. permission mm-hmm. for the first time to do so.
0: right. Yeah, no, that's right. a great. That's a great. thing. Yeah, exactly. You said that perfectly. That was, you know, I was finally okay with failing because I realized it's me doing this. You know, I might as well take shots, like just take random shots at the world, you know, and figure right. out if I can do it or not. Right. You know? and, and okay, not knowing. Yeah, it's okay not, yeah, it's okay not to know. It exactly. <laughs> exactly, it's okay <laughs> right. not to know. Right, I can figure it out. You know, and it's like, yeah, it's it's crazy how that that's so stifling. You know, and you're trying mm-hmm. to in your own mind, you're just like. You're,
3: it's like chains. You put chains on your mind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then I, you know, and I'm not saying this, no, uh, you know, I hope you don't take offense to this because I'm not trying to say something negative about your parents, but no, no. I do, I do suspect that them homeschooling you the way they did in, as like a, a Christian, a fundamentalist Christian education versus a like a liberal arts education. Um, that that probably contributed to um, you, you know, that feeling of not being. Not being competent, mm-hmm. because if they just keep telling you this is God's, this is like God's truth. Don't doubt. Don't think. You know, in a way, like don't think for yourself. Don't be curious. Um, just it's you know either either we know it's true because it's you know God says it, or um, we don't understand it, but you know we're not supposed to understand it because it's it's a, you know God understand it so don't worry Uh, about it God's got it covered you know so you don't have to understand it you don't have to dig in dig deeper be curious and um, I would I could imagine that leaving someone with a sense of not feeling very confident because it doesn't help you like basically it, it helps you learn to obey. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. And that right. was it.
3: Yeah. That's it.
1: So so yeah. the whole time that Brent was like 12, 13, the rest of us were like cocky little shits at that age, you know, <laughs> but we were trying stuff and failing and learning our our boundaries. Brent was essentially told no, you can't do it anyway, so don't even try. And that really right. handicapped him until his adult years in a way.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. And it was funny, too, because I went through like a rebellious phase, you know, and it was like so much of a uh, controlled. Rebellious face, like I was still at church playing for the band and everything. But I dressed like a punk rocker. You know, they did let me do that. They let me dress like oh, a
4: interesting. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. They were okay with that. Nikki as long Nikki, as Nikki, if you can hear my voice, find me a picture of that. I wanna see Brent in a punk rocker outfit. <laughs> uh, oh I got one
3: like like a Jesus punk rocker kind of thing? Yes. Is it like yeah. a punk rocker with like the robes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So that would have been blasphemous see you're not getting it. And I'm
4: just like, <laughs> the robes and the mohawk there we go <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. uh,
0: okay. awesome. so, so <laughs> well, I'm going to make that a style
1: you, you, <laughs> met, you managed to do all that and eventually you got out of high school and as a young adult how did mm-hmm. you cope because I mean, you were still a believer at the point, right? You weren't quite, you weren't quite in your apostasy yet. How do how did you cope as a, with an adult with that type of education? What kind of fruits were you uh, basically uh, harvesting from this education?
0: Oh, it was church all day. Like I got super involved in church. I really liked the social aspect of church because I'm just, I'm a social person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so. I loved, you know, I would go to church literally every day. You know, I was in tons of bands. Mostly what I did at homeschooling was play guitar. Uh, so <laughs> I learned how to play guitar pretty good Sweet. Uh, from a very young age. And, uh, yeah, that was just, uh, we had a, a Christian punk band that would do, you know, uh, the youth events and stuff like that, and they would frame the youth event around our concert and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'd play in all the worship bands, and then I led a couple of uh, – uh, Bible studies um, through, through, throughout the week, and then I would also take over for the pastor if he had to like call out or something. I would I would do the preaching, you know, from the pulpit and stuff mm-hmm. as well. So it was just heavily involved, it was like I, you know I wanted to do stuff, but I didn't feel like I could do anything. But I knew religion, I knew Christianity, I knew that, so I could do that, and I put myself into it fully you know, until things went kind of south.
3: <laughs> so I'm curious, um, if you don't mind, do you mind if I ask a question? <laughs> no, so you're the doctor. Question. I'm not going to let you ask questions. What, what, you what caused about. you to, what caused you to like, start stepping away from Christianity? Because it sounds like you were incredibly enmeshed in this worldview, in this community. Um, it kind of had everything to lose. Um, mm. You had, you know, kind of, your existential well-being to lose because the stepping away from that is kind of pulling the rug out from under you, right. In terms of your ontology. Um, and you're pulling, you'd be pulling yourself out of, I mean, I, I don't know how, um, how strict your church was around people leaving the church. Like I know there are some, right. There are some churches and some Christian faiths that will, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're dead to us we will ostracize you the moment you step away from the church. I don't know if your church was like that growing up, but even if it wasn't, stepping away from that is also giving up this huge part of your social identity, it sounds like I'm just curious about that process for you.
0: So what yeah, so what happened was, you know, like I said, we were in the, the punk band in the church and uh, the one the guy was the that was in the band, he was a drummer and he was actually I think I feel like he was not as religious as the rest of us that were in the band and we had a big show scheduled um the one the one time and i had to or and he was going off to the military and so he was like it was new year's that, that year. And he asked his dad, he was like, Hey dad, I want to be able to drink a beer on new year's. And, uh, so his dad was like, yeah, sure. Just, you know, get it, just take it away. There's like a little park over there. Just take it away over there so that you know, some of the church elders and stuff don't see it. <laughs> <And, laughs> yeah. You know, so he did that. Was, I wasn't even there. I was, he, that's what's the story I was told anyway, by, you know, him and his dad and a couple other people that were there. And, uh, so, so some of the elders did see him, and when that happened, our whole band kind of got blacklisted, and we were sort of ostracized before we even left, <laughs> you know, because of that. <laughs> we had to cancel our show, we had to pay everybody their money back, we had, you know it was just a huge embarrassment, and I was really upset, because I was just like, dude that's not even a big deal, like even me I was super religious, I was super down on drinking alcohol, but I was like at the same time, like, he's gonna be going where he could possibly die, like I'm totally fine with him wanting to have a beer on New Year's, you know what I mean this is not (laughs) he's 18 years old, I mean I get that's not 21, but come on this is crazy, and so they just so sort of everybody from that point just started treating me different you know and so and they put and, and and when it was told to the other the elders went and told everybody they said that we were all involved in drinking yeah, like it was something go. that yeah it was so i kind of got in there by default and so i got really upset and i was like you know what if everybody's gonna treat me like this and act like i'm drinking and stuff i'm gonna go fucking at least see what it's like you know (laughs) 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 (laughs)
4: know?
0: and uh yeah it was pretty much from there i i stayed a christian uh you know until just about two years ago and uh but i was a conspiracy theorist you know because the end times weren't Coming true like i thought they would be but if it's all secret it makes sense Mm -hmm. and you know stuff like that and so i I don't know it was just and the conspiracy thing is actually what kind of started me down the the path believe it or not the path of uh skepticism because you would believe these things and like oh no it's the illuminati but then like somebody would be like dude this doesn't make any sense here's why you're wrong and i'd be like no but oh yeah ah shit yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> you're right I am I am wrong about that <laughs> you know? and so you know it kind of started me being like wait well if I'm doubting this you know and it's you know, it's kind of – it was paralleled very, very much so with religion. You know, the whole Alex Jones, the, the deep state's taken over. It's the Illuminati, and the Illuminati's going to have the Antichrist come out, and then it's going to be the end times. And that, that was mainly the reason I got into that stuff because I thought it kind of made sense for uh, end of days type of stuff. Um, but, it, you know, anyway, but it, it's just like it, – I just uh, – and going through that, it was like I believed literally everything. Like I, that was the main thing that I, you know, starting to realize, hey, shit, man, you're really gullible. Like you're just believing anything anybody tells you, you know, as long as as long as you have a good relationship with them and you feel like they they wouldn't lie to you. Uh, that was the main Thing that if I liked the person, then they couldn't tell me a lie, you know. And that was pretty much, uh, and then you know, once I started to realize, no, even the nice people that I really care about, they still lie, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that was like probably what started me down the path of uh atheism and finally I made its resolution. And about two years ago, uh, when I was just like, you know what, this is all this is all bullshit, I don't know why I'm holding on to this, it doesn't make Very sense.
3: <laughs> so what made you what like what was the catalyst that made you apply that to the Bible?
0: To that. apply what to the Bible?
3: Well like this that skepticism that you know that, that oh. skepticism that was growing in you what made you was there something that happened that, that made you apply to the Bible that made you you know shift from being Christian to being atheist?
0: Yeah, Donald Trump. He
3: was the captain. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> once, you know, I was like, dude, there's no way
0: Christians are going to support this douchebag. There's no fucking way. And then and my, my and my mom, the person that's like the most, the, like, she's the most sweetest, like Christian, just really a sweet lady. Like, I just, I love her to death. Like, she is really sweet, but she's just very naive, you know. But she is the first one to point out when somebody's not, you know worth your support because they're not Christian enough as far as like politics goes and she was just backing him up and I was like wow okay uh, you were just yelling about Bill Clinton not that long ago about way less mm. you know and it's like it's almost as if morality doesn't fucking matter to you you know it's just who's on your side and that's it yeah. and that just was a major like awakening I think for me you know and then plus you know I met wow. Nikki and you know she started uh, we started having conversations and um you know just about uh, other people's experiences and stuff because i was very much anti-lgbtq um you know and nikki was like that was the main thing she was she almost broke up with me at first you know when we first uh, had gotten together because of that and uh you know and, and i was i just wasn't accepting to um heard describing the experiences of other people and stuff in an empathetic way and I was starting to be like why am I doing this like why am I pushing this off like so harshly without even trying to think about their experience and put myself in their shoes and try to understand where they're coming from and I was like damn it's just it's the fact that I'm religious and that that stuff in my head is still pretty deep in there and once I started to kind of you know, I got to know several people from the LGBTQ community, um, you know, because, you know, with Nikki's like, kind of helping me, like, you just need to get to know this person, you know? And I started to see them and hear their experience, and I'm just like, damn, they're just like me. Like, they're not anything different. Like, I put them in this weird box in my mind, you know? And it's like, then I really started feeling terrible. Like, I was like, oh my god, I've been so horrible for so fucking long, because I thought this thing was true that just wasn't true you know and then the whole thing fell apart all, all the faith all the all the religion just completely crumbled because i just i saw the humanity and people that i didn't think i was allowed to see humanity in almost you know what i mean mm-hmm.
4: that's
0: wow. very well put actually yeah
3: yeah that is really well put i mean was that was that did that really uh was that really hard in terms of like really shaking you up emotionally was it really difficult or was it actually was there any relief Uh, what in in that switch oh yeah there was a lot of relief oh
0: yes because i finally i mean there was relief and also just horrible like I felt terrible like I just felt mm-hmm. so awful that I had been thinking these things for so long um you know and put it and also I mean and there was also the added factor that because I am pansexual and you know, of course, I put that stuff off like in a box, like, oh, you can't think about that. But it also did this thing in my mind where I was like, oh, you can choose it because look, I you know, I can be with this person and I could be with that person and I could see, you know, the the attraction to that, you know, as being something I could, you know, be attracted to. And, and I was, you know, for a lot of, uh, you know, different men and different, uh, you know, just that attraction and stuff. Um And I was like, no, 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 you can't feel that attraction for them, you know what I mean? But it was possible for me, so I assumed that everybody was just choosing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that was kind of an added (laughs) issue with me, too, you know what I mean? So it was... um, but yeah it was just a cut to the heart and i just you know cuz i'm a very i'm a very loving person like i just i love people you know and they, and it was just so weird to me that i had this big block in my mind for certain people that Anybody else didn't matter who they were or what they did. I was totally cool to hang out and talk to you and be cool. But if you were part of the LGBTQ community, it was like, I'm not allowed, because that's wrong. Mm. And if I talk to you, I'm supporting your lifestyle and I can't do that, you know? And it's just, that block was so deep in my mind. It was
3: crazy. Right, right, you were at the same time taught to love very deeply, but also, having a like a really strong aversion. Right Um, Judgment At the same time The certain groups of people Right Yeah exactly
0: And and a judgment You're right Kevin too Yeah Yeah. For sure Well Dr. Hussinger uh,
1: In in conclusion Is Brent crazy? No no just kidding
4: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Not at all Not at all You know My diagnosis is that He's human
1: that's, that's a very fair diagnosis for a while there. I wasn't sure either, but now I, I, I believe you, <laughs> the evidence points that he is human, but it, for, for somebody who finds himself maybe on the same path that Brent's been through, but may not necessarily be at the same point. Brent is, uh, is there any, uh, pearls of wisdom you two gentlemen would like to give the person that's listening to this show right now and say, you know, they, they're not sure about the faith. They're not sure about leaving the church, but they've been homeschooled as well. Or also, um, maybe advice for the parent out there that is actually considering raising their kids in the faith and homeschool is there anything you'd like to tell them as well
3: do you want to go first Brent?
0: Uh yeah sure d- d- yeah you shouldn't do that don't 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 do the religious <laughs> homeschooling thing
4: <laughs> <laughs> stay away run away from it
0: <laughs> yeah far, you can homeschool away. homeschool but don't do the religious kind like Brent, that's you sleep yeah <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: uh, that's it, pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Just and think for yourself. Like if you're struggling, you know, go. Just think for yourself. Like don't don't let people tell you how to think. Just you think. <laughs> you can do it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would. Yeah, I would definitely echo a lot of that. Um, I think you know. If, I mean, if I was talking to a friend of mine and they really strongly believe in the importance of homeschooling. Their child and having a pure religious education and there's nothing I could say to change their mind I would I would at, I would at least tell them look just make sure you're you're helping your child learn to be curious and to engage in critical thinking and please expose your child to a vast array of ideas and perspectives mm-hmm. and if you want to say that these ideas are the ones that you know, you believe are in the Bible, fine, but at least, you know, at least um, let your child know that there are other ways of being in the world, other ways of thinking about the world. <laughs> in the least, I mean, I'm with you, Brent. Like, I think education in a public or private school setting, um, there are many ways in which it's, it's beneficial that are just hard to create homeschooling. And I think when you add in the religious, you know the fundamentalist evangelical religious um, component that that you know it, it shrinks the experience even more. Um, you know, so Absolutely. I would definitely, you know, I would definitely say that to the parent. And, you know, I think I would say for someone who is coming out of that or in that, like like you're saying, Brett, I would you know I would also say just be curious. Yeah. Know that that we are all capable of. Um, you know, achieving a, a deeper and more profound understanding of reality, and just know that that reality is is incredibly messy, and so you're going to have to wade through some ambiguity and some gray, or a lot of ambiguity and a lot of gray, <laughs> and just and just uh, you know just hang in there and um, and uh, you know try to enjoy the ride um, while, while you're doing it. And I'd also say, you know, for like like the kind of stuff that you are expressing brand for other people who are in a similar Mm -hmm. situation that i think it's so important for someone coming out of that to to, um to really be compassionate with themselves Mm
4: -hmm. you know
3: and really to Mm -hmm. say okay man i don't like you know this part of me that i've that i'm trying to like you know kind of let go of because of all these things I was taught. Like I was taught to hate this group and hate that group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and to just realize that wow, like that's what happens when you're taught those kinds of beliefs at a young age. Like that's what we're going to absorb and that's what's going to inform our emotional responses and to say, you know, to to recognize our own humanity and going through that process mm-hmm. and to know like like you did that yeah. we can shift those feelings. Yes. you know we learned them so we can unlearn them there's nothing that we learned that we can't unlearn um and as a social psychologist as someone who focuses on the role of the social environment my bias is towards is towards you know the role of of the environment and just all the ways in which the environment does impact us uh, the ways in which what we believe and feel and how we behave is about things that we learned along along the way so those things can be you know unlearned and that's that's beautiful, Brent. That you like not only kind of unlearned those those judgments and those aversions for others, but but also within yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's really right. awesome. Yes, right. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> and <then of> course, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, you can be you in this world Absolutely. and not be way down and suppress who you are because of these beliefs that you were given
1: it's probably the biggest lessons right there you can be you and within the son of my voice if you're listening to this and you went through the same you're going through the same kind of path that Brent went through don't forget you are allowed to fail you're allowed to try Uh and you're allowed to fail the biggest (laughs) crime is not trying that's the biggest crime
0: Try it. Yes, that's the other thing I'd say. Try everything and do what you like.
1: Exactly, Doctor Matthew Hussinger, your brand, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate that, Doctor Hussinger, If people want to find out more about your your uh, expertise and all the wacky stuff you do, where can they find you?
3: <laughs> um, well, see, I have a Google email contact Matthew seventy eight at gmail dot com.
1: Fantastic, and Brent, my friend, it's always a pleasure to have you, my my bro. Again, if if people people want to hear about you and your adventures with Nikki, and they find you on on Unapologetics, where can they find that?
0: Um, Well, Unapologetics, and I'm I'm just gonna say this real quick. I did a terrible job of of telling what the show was about last time. So, (laughs) (laughs) real quick, I don't know what I was doing. But um, so, our show is called Unapologetics. Uh, Me and Nikki we're an interracial couple. Uh, She is black, and I am white. She is a super woke. a very highly educated black woman and i am you know you well you know who i am now but and uh she pretty much is teaching me about politics and i uh am supposed to be teaching her about uh apologetics and things like that we haven't gotten to it yet but we mostly cover like stories about uh you know uh racism and white supremacy and you know people people being awful and uh talk about it but uh i you know the show is called unapologetics spelled with an x you can find it anywhere podcasts live and uh you can contact the show on facebook we have a facebook page we also on twitter at at brent at brentley allen one and uh yeah that's it that's pretty much everywhere we are
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much John. really appreciate you guys coming here thank you yeah thanks for having me awesome and that was Dr. Matthew Hussinger and our friend Brad Lee from Unapologetics I hope you guys uh, really like uh, taking a deep deep look into the psyche of what happens when a child is homeschooled I hope that was very informative it certainly was for me so I certainly hope you enjoyed that and uh, hopefully we can do more of these kind of shows down the, the road excellent well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You can always find us at com. You can find us on uh, our YouTube our YouTube. Yeah, so YouTube but I was about to say Facebook and Twitter at LETV Podcast send us an email at outlook.com. You can send you comments to Nancy on the third floor but beware the incoming grenade. Alright. Uh, you can give us a five-star review wherever you find us. It helps us and helps others find the show. You can also become a, patro- a patron like our friend Freethinker215 and you are donated a fantastic session by doing so No that's not exactly true But You can help us make, Take the show a bit further By doing things like he did Alright um I don't have my schedule In front of me So coming up next week We'll have something fantastic I'm sure But you know In the meantime I will just let you go Thank you guys so much Until next time
0: Uh, no, I, I'm actually okay with just about everything. So it's yeah, everything's cool. <laughs> There's nothing that'll. So, so uh, you know, I'm, so, gonna so I'm not going
1: to tell <laughs> Doctor Matthew Hunsinger about that time with the goat and all that stuff, right?
0: Yeah, well, that's already <laughs> kind of a matter of public record already, anyway. So <laughs> Can we start with the goat.
1: Let's <laughs> <laughs> start with the goat. <laughs>
0: They don't, they, you know, in Florida, they don't uh, hide your records of things, you know, it's criminal stuff is right out in the open, so. I'd
2: rather see <laughs> the truth than to bask in my own ignorance, rather be alone and surrounded by damn Long as There's a price in my body, you can bet your last dollar I'll be working hard fighting this problem. Religion is a disease, it comes from culture, only true on a regional... Science is universal, for you to say that Horus isn't real, but Jesus is, or Zeus, Thor, Mitzvah, Vishnu, you don't believe in them, I think the reason is apparent, you do what you're told, and believe in the God assigned by your parents, I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, Take a second, mean it sounds so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God, they get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them, we're teaching them to respect them Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards. And the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack on oh, the parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers. And they're all in God's name. And let me take a say, don't mean it sounds so hateful, but I